Well, hello there. Welcome along to the RT Soccer Podcast. Uh, what a week it's been. A, a tough all week, it has to be said. The heartening elements of Farrell, that 2-1 defeat. Defeat snatched from the jaws of a draw or perhaps the jaws of a win. And then the one-all draw with Azerbaijan at the Aviva Stadium. We've given James a tool of the week off because he saw us right through the summer. So Stephen Elliott and Gary Rogers are with us. And we're going to chat all things international football. We'll touch on domestic matters as well. And we'll round up the action in the Women's Cup quarterfinals over the course of the weekend. Lads, before we chat about Azerbaijan, and obviously the impact of the Portuguese result from during the week. We'll very shortly hear from Stephen Kenny, but first of all, the goals from the one-all draw against Azerbaijan as described by John Kenny. Medvedev is screaming for the ball out on this right-hand side. In the end, they try shots and score! Mukhmadov, from a long way out, has surprised the Republic of Ireland. It's Republic of Ireland nil, Azerbaijan won. Ball is still in play in that far side. McLean as well to keep it in play. Here's Duffy! Oh, and he scored! Josh Cullen with the lovely ball in. I thought for a second there that the keeper had saved it. He got his hands to it, but all he could do was push it to the roof of the net. Plenty of time for Ireland now, and it's that man, Duffy. Yeah, plenty of time for Ireland, but time ran out. So a one-all draw with Azerbaijan. Shane Duffy with his fifth international goal, all five from headers. Well, let's get some reaction now. Stephen Kenny was asked in his press conference after the game how he thought he was doing as Ireland manager. No, we're building, we're building a good, good team at the moment. I think results overall, you know, haven't been certainly what I would have wanted. But I think, uh, you know, we're building a, a very good team. We've seen that in Portugal the other night. We had a standard performance in Portugal. Uh, 89 minute we, we you know were 1-0 up and we ended up losing in injury time so it was disappointing today we should have won we dominated a lot of the game you know it was a match that we absolutely dominated so we're kicking ourselves so we didn't win so it's not to say it's not for me to say how I'm doing you know but that's that's uh, I think uh, we're building a team here that could be very very uh, very exciting over a period of time we've seen that on Wednesday night and today we've seen a lot of good football in that game we just didn't fin- get the goals that we deserved there was a smattering of booze among the crowd at full time. So what would your message be to anyone who's looking at one point from 12 and questioning uh, where this is going and, and losing faith in it? Yeah, I, I think I think the crowd were brilliant. You know, they got behind the team. They understood, you know, I don't I didn't I didn't take it as they were booing the team or booing. You know, I didn't I didn't take it as that. I think they just, you know, were disappointed at the end that we, we couldn't get that winner. I think to seeing a team that gave everything in the match, a team that played a lot of good football, a team that created a lot of good chances, a team that should have closed down McMahon of better than we did for the goal, that he scored eventually the box. Also, a team that created a high number of chances today with a lot of good play and, uh, and, and, and couldn't get the goal that we deserved against a blanket defence in the second half that was tough to break down. There you go, that's uh, Stephen Kenny speaking after the one-all draw with Azerbaijan at the Aviva Stadium on Saturday. Stephen Elliott, as I mentioned, and Gary Rogers with us on the RT Soccer Podcast today. Uh, I'll get your reaction, first of all, Gary. The one-all draw, obviously our mood tends to be swayed by the most recent result because people were quite encouraged by what they witnessed in Faro on Wednesday, albeit it ended up being a defeat thanks to Cristiano Ronaldo's brilliance. So where do you think we're at after the one-all draw and the 2-1 defeat? Yeah, look, there's no doubt we're disappointed. I think, um, you know, there was real signs of hope and uh, the Portugal game, I think everyone was delighted with the performance and we were 
within minutes of winning the game and there was huge disappointment that comes off the back of that and uh, but I think that the team I suppose garnered great support and, and optimism going into this Azerbaijan game and you were hoping that you would get the win that, that obviously Stephen and the lads were, were craving and unfortunately it wasn't to be I suppose it like a goal to give away a goal on the, in the 45th minute of the game, it, it's it's a really bad time to concede. And then, look, uh, there's no doubt we had dominated the possession in the second half and we, we certainly had chances to win the game, but not, not really that many clear-cut, guilt-edged chances. You know, we started the game quite well in the first half and I think going in at nil-all at half-time, you'd be really happy that your game plan is intact and you would have been very confident of getting the win in the second half. But um, uh, we just just about got the draw in the end and, and look, I'm, I'm sure there's huge disappointment in the camp and I think we're, as football people we're all disappointed in the country that we didn't get that result but um, it's a point in the bag which won't really feel like a whole lot but if you can go and get a, get a win against Serbia I think you know the mood certainly changes again you know. Mm. Stephen your assessment? Yeah like Gary says everybody was, was full of positives after the performance over in Faro in midweek and, and you're going into the home game against Azerbaijan uh, Listen, I know international teams are improving and like all across Europe and across the world, but I still think us at home, like crowd back in the ground, you expect it to go on and win that game. And I, Listen, I know we, we had a lot of possession and they, they scored at a horrible time right in the last kick of the first half, but I, I, I was disappointed, if I'm honest. I just feel like after the Portugal game, I expected a lot more from, from the team, a little bit more of a cutting edge. It just... Bar the first 15 minutes, which wasn't bad, it became a little bit lacklustre again, moving the ball slowly, and it just became a similar performance. And yeah, it's, it's very disappointing drawing, a, drawing a, a home to Azerbaijan. And again, it's, it's, I don't know where we go from here. I know, like, you're looking at, at Stephen, like, everybody wanted Stephen to, to come in and, and do well. Like, he's obviously trying to kind of change, change the mindset of our international football squad and how we play. and and that's great, but we have to start getting results. We can't, we can't keep having these discussions over and over again going, oh, if we get a result on Wednesday, the mood will be lifted. There comes mm. a stage where you've got to look at the last 15 games and one win against Andorra, a couple of draws. It's, 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 it's bordering on embarrassing, if I'm honest, result-wise. It's, it's, I know if you're watching the game, you say there's moments of quality, but I think if you look at, at most games, you can always put, pull moments of quality out of all teams' performance. There's always little patches in games where you think, you know what, we've done okay there, but I think it's, it's not great. It's something, for me, there's, there's major questions out there now for Stephen, if I'm honest. Do you think he's the man to continue leading Ireland then? It's it's one of that. Like, listen, I'm I was all for like Stephen coming in and doing well, getting us getting us down, playing football, playing through the lines, and and that's that's great. That's great if you have this new philosophy. I'm not against us changing the way we play and having having a better style of football, but it's not just that. That's not the only thing involved in managing a team, managing an international team. You have to be able to to motivate these players to make them kind of go over that extra yard to win games. That that drive you need and. I'm not too sure that Stephen Kenny is getting totally that out of the squad. And I know you can you can argue he's got a lot of young lads into the squad getting caps, but for me, like from it's it's a result like we're we're Republic of Ireland, we still should be winning games. Some of them games that we've dropped points in, if you're looking at the fixtures, they're they're very winnable games, even with the squad of players we have, especially especially the home games. And for me it's it's very disappointing and whether whether Stephen like who else is out there that can probably come in and start? Is there anybody to come in and totally kind of change the way we are? But I don't know. It's it's getting it's getting really worrying for me. We need to start getting results. Gary, how do you hear what Stephen is saying? Because you played under Stephen Kenny at Dundalk, of course, for so many years, so many successful 
trophy filled days with Dundalk and trophies coming back to Oriel Park to beat the band and I guess one of his big strengths at Dundalk was getting the most out of players and, and in some cases dare I say it and I say it with due respect you know players who up to the point maybe of joining Dundalk had been fairly average but he got so much out of what many people might have deemed to be relatively ordinary players he brought them on do you think as Stephen suggests that perhaps he's not getting the most that he could out of the current batch at international level yeah, I think there's been huge challenges for Stephen in terms of international football. I think, you know, you look at the Portugal game and you would be saying a different story. And then you look at the Azerbaijan game and we were all expecting um, Ireland and hoping that we would beat Azerbaijan. It just, look, it, it, it petered out at times in the game. Like it was positive at the start. It went a bit flat before the goal and stuff like that. But I certainly think that Stephen is well capable of um, of motivating players. It's certainly something that you might see in the dressing room. He's, he, he's well able to kind of... Uh, I suppose demand a lot from players and, and get good reactions out of them. Obviously, look, we're all disappointed with the results at the minute, but I think you've got to see this campaign out and then judge it on its merits. Obviously, the results haven't been haven't been good. There's been, I suppose, there's been reasons in terms of COVID and all sorts of problems, and they're well documented that the issues that Stephen has had in terms of players. But um, look. We're putting a lot of faith in really young guys as well. Like you look at the front three yesterday with Ida Connolly and Troy Parrott, like 19, 20 year olds, and we're expecting them to be the next Robbie Keane straight away. And it is a process, and we have to kind of give these guys time to develop as well. So, and I know that Stephen is is brilliant with young players and bringing them through. Like changing the manager now, I don't think that's that's. Um, the right move. I think you've got to see this uh, this campaign out, and, and let's see how it develops. Look, there's no there'd be nobody more disappointed than Stephen in terms of the results. He would have wanted you know to win every game. He's a manager who's used to winning games, uh, and and that that's been you know the way it has been for him at Dundalk and other clubs in the League of Ireland. So, um, yeah, look, I do think you've you've got to see this campaign out, and then judge us, you know, uh, and see where the momentum is bringing us and how the players are are, are developing. You know, there are going to be a lot of players that have seen first team action in um, in qualifying games as well. And um, look, it's going to be interesting to see where we end up at the end of the group. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're not where we want to be. Yeah. Isn't that a fair point, Stephen? That there has to be a degree of patience. Obviously, it's a results business on the one hand. But if we want to change the way Irish football is played and implement Stephen's policy and his uh, philosophy... Do we not have to show some patience with all of this? That there's no real quick fix to it. No, no, I agree. There is. There's no. Like I said, uh, my previous comment. I don't know who's going to come in and and fix this like straight away. Like maybe Stephen does deserve a little bit more time. But you got to ask that question. There's got to be questions asked. Maybe there's somebody that could come in and play a similar philosophy to what Stephen wants to do, and that could probably do it a little bit better than what he's doing. I, I don't know. I just think. Like, again, I know we, we talk about the players that are gaining caps and gaining international experience, and this is great. This is a great, great foundation for these guys. And listen, in, in the course of time, and and the, they play more international games, they might get better, they feel more used to playing international football. But there's still, there's still bits that, that I question, like kind of the continue... The continuity in the team there's like changes different formations and it's it's a little bit like i'm kind of i don't know it just seems to me that you he's again i know he has this philosophy he's hoping for a win and it's just like you're looking at the like yesterday i'm looking at the games like 86 minutes and we're losing one at home to azerbaijan and like i know gary rogers me, uh, mentioned momentum there i i don't really see any momentum if i'm totally honest obviously there was a little bit of momentum after the portugal game with the performance but it's still a defeat we still weren't able to see it go albeit like probably the greatest player of all time kind of puts to the sword in the end but but still it's just that mentality amongst the squad and 
Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Like, like, like probably, probably listen. It's probably fair on Stephen to, to let him see out the campaign and see whether we can pick some results from from now till till the end of the campaign. But again, since he's come in, it, it, like. I know I'm, I'm I'm speaking about results and, and but one win in 15 games. It's if any I just feel like if this was any other kind of manager that was in this role and with that record, I think there'd be a lot more questions asked than than maybe what is being asked to Stephen. That's just so that's a fair shout. Yeah, that's a fair you know shout. I mean? If it was Martin O'Neill or yeah, yeah Trapattoni or like Mick McCarthy, if, if Mick McCarthy was still in charge of the team or Martin O'Neill, even Trapattoni had won one game in 15 with some of the teams that we played, Adrian, I, I don't think they'd be like, I don't think it'd be as easy for, for their managers to, to what, I'm not saying Stephen has it easy, He's, there's, pe- there's questions being asked, but I, I just think we need to see a little bit more, like obviously there's got to be change, but you've got to see some results and we haven't at the moment and for me there isn't really any momentum, like a 4-1 win away in Andorra, that's our only win and we were kind of, for the majority of that game, we were really poor as well, so I, Nah, it's it's a worrying for me, but again, is it time to change it? Probably not. He probably deserves to see out the campaign, but it is. I look, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the way the team are performing, and again, by the, the good start yesterday, it was just a typical. Uh, there wasn't anything special where I'm thinking, you know what, this is this is great. This is this is change. This is something to to get excited about, and yeah, it's it's worrying for me. You mentioned that the team selection, and were you surprised by the team selection named by Stephen yesterday? A little bit surprised. It's 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 kind of obviously he, he he's changed the formation a little bit. Like obviously he's brought Troy Parrott in. I just think I know I know we mentioned Troy Parrott's playing in that role for MK K Dons like off the kind of right side. But I've watched MK Dons a couple of times this year myself, and he has started in that role. But he has played up through the middle as well. And I think he I just think Troy Parrott needs to be higher up the pitch. I felt yesterday he's coming so deep at times, and it's, I'm watching and I'm thinking surely somebody should be telling him to get up the pitch. He's no he's no use to us kind of coming deep and he's a good footballer and all but we need like like if we're going to play him you, you need to play him in positions where he can actually kind of cause damage and I just felt yesterday it, w- it was a little bit it just didn't suit us it didn't suit us as a as a team the way we lined up and eventually became a little bit kind of predictable for Azerbaijan to kind of stop us and obviously again we had a couple of half chances towards the end Adam Idaz had it was probably the best one probably should have hit the target with it but again it just kind of crosses into the box Shane Duffy again I think he's a top goal scorer by Sharm by um, James McLean over the of the last years and it, you feel like he's our biggest threat and it's there's questions mark question marks on Shane Duffy when Stephen Kenny first came into the squad whether his international career was over and all of a sudden he's our most important goal threat again and it's just like has anything really changed that much since? Because I feel like that's that's been the case over the last four or five years. Get the ball, get chained up, up there, and see can we get ahead? Or like it's, I don't know. I don't see any massive changes for me. Yeah, Gary, the, the goal conceded was was so poor. I mean, in, in fairness to the Azerbaijani player, it was a tremendous strike, but he had so much time to weigh it up. He just simply wasn't closed down, and there was very little really that Gavin Bazuna could do in the end. But he was afforded so much time, wasn't he? Yeah, look, he, he got he got way too much time. I think that's you know the the, the minor details that you need to be looking at. You know, given a, a guy that and he's got real quality, he's their their star man, and you know the time he got, and then he squeezed the ball in between two players as well. So it was very difficult for you know to criticise Gavin, and I think it was it would have been one of those he would have seen it a little bit later because it came through the two bodies. But yeah, it, look, it, it was um, look. A, a poor goal to give away in terms of it's certainly preventable and Stephen and the lads will be definitely disappointed with that. I think, you know, when you go back to team selection, I was probably a little bit surprised at the team selection we went with, we're going with the three at the back again, where I think we would have been better probably playing 
a four three three, you know, against against Azerbaijan and, and I think Matt and Seamus were huge positives in the game against Portugal and I would have probably played them as as, you know, right and left back. You know, Matt did really well on, on this I suppose his, his opposite side. And I don't think we probably needed the three centre backs. I think they were the two massive positives in the game. I would have probably played Jamie McGrand, the ten and got the best out of him as well. And Callum Robertson, I know like Stephen said in his interview afterwards that he probably wasn't fit, you know, to play um, the full game, but I would have started him. I think he was, he was positive when he came in, and Horgan as well got balls into the box when he played. So it's just, you know, against Azerbaijan, I probably would have went for a four-three-three, which is probably a, a formation that's more associated with with Stephen over the years as well. Yeah, and just on as as a member of the goalkeeping union, <laughs> Gavin Bazuna, because I know you were on game on during the week, and you know you suggested to Marie that maybe he might go with Gavin for the game against Portugal and give Kevin Kelleher a tryout uh, against Azerbaijan but obviously given the way that Gavin Bazuna performed the heroics with the penalty against Ronaldo he was undroppable how do you think he's done over the course of the two matches? Yeah no I think Gavin's done really well I think you know to, to save that penalty I suppose was a real turning point obviously look he's given away the ball for it, it, to concede the penalty and, and then you know, to turn around and save and get and dig yourself out of a hole. Like you know Gavin's temperament and his character is, is, is brilliant I think you know you know, as a as a young goalkeeper, he shows tremendous uh, steel and and composure. And even when he was at Shamrock Rovers as a 16 year old, um, playing in the League of Ireland and playing Europa League stuff, like he he's shown that at a very young age, and he's continued it on. The fact that he's playing football regularly with Portsmouth is a massive plus, and I think that's hugely important for any goalkeeper that's going to be playing international football. I think it's you've got to be playing and uh, week in week out, and I think that's why he's got the nod possibly ahead of Keevan. It wouldn't have surprised me to see. Uh, Stephen giving Keevan the game as well, but you know when when Gavin performed like he did, he certainly cemented that number one spot for now. And um, I know Gavin probably won't see it as if he's a guaranteed number one, but um, look, he's been tremendous since he's come into the team. Okay, so Stephen, <laughs> I can I can feel and hear your nerves. Serbia coming to town now on the back of a very impressive win, four goals to one against Luxembourg. Alexander Mitrovic has uh, got his mojo. How worried are you about Tuesday and the arrival? of Serbia at the Aviva yeah listen there's no there's no doubt about it Serbia have, have, have real quality in the squad and, and they've been, be, been doing really well in the group so far off like you mentioned off the back of another good result against a Luxembourg team who have obviously done alright as well so it's not as if Luxembourg have been pushed over so far so yeah it is worrying but if anything I think it may suit us a little bit like kind of a better team come to play against us like rather than us kind of the onus on us kind of trying to break team, teams down I think it might suit us a little bit better to kind of try and get our kind of young lads our quick lads on the break rather than than teams sitting in and trying to cut them open because I just don't think we have have that player to kind of that, that enough creativity like in and around the areas to kind of break teams down and into little passes but I think it may suit us a little bit better but yeah it's it's keep it's keeping the back door out just that they've got real quality all all through the squad so it is a worry and again confidence will be low I know we're talking about like lots of um, people are saying, it, it's we got to give patience. But again, one win and fight fifteen games. The squad of players will be aware of that, and it, it's 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 very difficult to keep kind of keep lifting yourself when you know that you're struggling to win games. It, it runs right through the squad, whether that be experienced players or young players. So, yeah, I'm, I'm to say I'm looking forward to the game through the week would probably be a lie. I'm I'm just hoping we can find some performance similar to what we what we did out in Portugal but no yeah it's definitely a worry Adrian yeah we really do need a positive result don't we Gary 
Would it would a draw yeah, in your absolutely. in your in your mind be be a good result given everything that's gone on? Yeah, obviously. Look, a, a point. Look, the last thing you want is, is another defeat. A point would be a good result. Obviously, a win would be a huge lift. Um, I agree with Stephen in terms of you know playing against the better opposition will suit you because the teams, the top teams, come to play and then it's a little bit more open and you're able to, I suppose, pick holes in it when you get the chance. And I think Stephen encourages. Um, lads to be brave on the ball and he encourages them to play so like there is kind of that mentality that they will you know try and, and probe and and create stuff when the opportunity arises like Portugal like I think you know for the mental possession we had I think we created some good opportunities in the game whereas look Serbia I won't say they'll be you know they'll be similar to Portugal in terms of they will probably dominate the possession and um, but it's what we do when we win it back and um, so, look, it's, it's a huge test. Serbia are a really good side, but we're obviously hoping to, to turn a corner and get, and get a result, um, and, and nobody needs it more. Well, Ireland against Serbia is live on Game On on 2FM on Tuesday evening. Also, of course, live on RT2 television. Uh, Gary, very good start for the Irish under-21s under Jim Crawford in Zenitsa on Friday, beating Bosnia and Herzegovina, their first match in their qualifying campaign, 2-0. Tyrick Wright scoring from the penalty spot. Colmer Coventry adding the second. Look, it's always important in any group campaign, like, like no more than Stephen Kenny in the World Cup, uh, qualifying campaign a good start is half the battle and the Irish off to a great start because that was a very tricky encounter for them yeah absolutely it was a great start a really good um, win for, for Jim and, and his side and look I think they were they were very comfortable in the game although look you know it, it's international football it's tight fine margins and they got they got the two goals as you said right with the penalty um, but like there's a good kind of core there you've got Conor Coventry and Kilkenny who are playing regular football you've, and the League of Ireland guys are doing well. Andy Lyons is playing right back on that side. And uh, we know the Ross Tierney, like I think he clocked up over 11k in, in the number 10. And he's a real bundle of energy. And, and it was a good team performance. Gets them off to a great start. Um, and that's what you want to win your campaign is to, to get a win. Um, and hopefully they can back that up now. Yeah, and Gary, what about the the story around Evan Ferguson? Sixteen years of age. Many League of Ireland fans will be familiar with his father, Barry Ferguson. But Evan coming on at sixteen years of age, he's over at Brighton. He's already made his senior debut for Brighton Hove Albion. On for the last uh, seven or eight minutes of the match in Zenitsa on Friday afternoon at just sixteen years of age. It makes you feel old, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's a brilliant story, and I actually played against his dad and against Evan recently. So, oh, really? um, he, he would he would he would have come on in the for Bohemians in the cup there um, last year in, um, before he went to Brighton but he's gone to Brighton and he's absolutely been flying like I know he's been moved up and down the levels between under 18 and under 23 over the last um, uh, number of months and, and obviously made his first team debut and he's he's a real um, a real prospect we're all looking forward to seeing how he develops and he's scoring goals every week no matter what level it is and what challenge and now he's already up at Ireland on the 21 edge um, you know, up up the levels for him, and uh, look, it's it's a great story, and we're obviously excited about his uh, his future. Stephen, at under twenty one level, it's important that Ireland do well. I mean, obviously, it's a progression path as well. It's a pathway to senior football, and obviously, so many players come through the under twenty one ranks. We've never qualified for European Championships at under twenty one level. It would be really great to do so, but I guess the bigger picture has to be blooding players, getting them used to playing international football, and I suppose playing to a structure and a style that works right throughout the different age groups and right up to senior level. 
Yeah, definitely. And I do think it's important. I think it's good if we would if we were able to qualify for a competition at that level. It could kind of give all these young lads that kind of we've seen with the, with the England squad over the years, kind of when they went went kind of far into the under twenty one competitions. And and you know you know you look at their force team. They've got a lot of players playing in the England senior team that would have played in the twenty ones in the tournaments. And we've never really had that. And again, if it, it's it's one of them. Even you look at even the senior teams. There's a lot of players there that could probably play in the twenty ones, and we'd have a have a really strong kind of there's an argument probably saying that some of them maybe aren't shouldn't be really in the senior team at the moment they should be still kind of learning the trade internationally with the 21s and, and qualifying for like giving us a better chance of qualifying for these competitions so they get that experience and then when it comes to to the big stage they're kind of better prepared rather than kind of using the the, the senior team as that kind of blood and stage but again it's getting the balance right but no it's it's a great start for Jim there and if, and if we can kind of continue that on then it can only bode well because again the, the, the more games and the more games you win at, at no matter what level it is internationally the, the more confidence you get as a player and it'd be great to see a few more kind of over the next two three four years kind of develop into that kind of strong core unit of a group into our senior uh, team The under 21s back in action on Tuesday afternoon away against Luxembourg in Dudelange can they make it two wins out of two you'd uh, fancy them to do so and also worth noting as well that Jacob Ryan former Cork City defender made his debut as well in fact uh, he started the match and did very very well had a chance actually to score a goal on his international debut but all round looked very very composed and Oshin McEntee uh, looked very impressive alongside him as well uh, let's turn our attention to the SSE Artricity League Finn Harps with a big win over Shamrock Rovers I say big big in the context of their position in the table a 2-1 victory at Finn Park on Friday night Jordan Mustam and Tunde Owalabi Owalabi scoring a late late winner for in form Finn Harps set Stephen Bradley's side Shamrock Rovers have lost each of their last four now between League Europe and the Cup but for Harps a sixth win in a row and their first over Shamrock Rovers since 2008 here's the Harps manager Ollie Horgan It's three points sorry and uh you know, I think that I think that the, probably the biggest positive though tonight was when we gave away the equaliser and we gave it away, we we came again and that that was probably the most pleasing part. It looked inevitable when we conceded a soft goal, obviously the equalising goal that they were going and win it as they have done in so many games so late in the game. I've watched them three times against Lanford and they scored a winner in the 95th, 96th and 97th minute and that it looked that here we go again but we found a little bit of energy and, 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 and gusto to get back up the pitch. Um, it probably was a good time to get them in hindsight. They didn't have the... If you like, they, 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 they come at you in droves and then they change up and empty the bench and come at you in more droves. They probably didn't have as many to pick from, you know, with the numbers that were available to us. Although saying that, it was a damn bloody good side that we bet tonight. However, you don't get any more than three points to beating Shamrock Rovers. And we have a savage game in, in the brand new next Friday. And, you know, if we're not right, we'll get a run around in there with, with, with the quality they have, especially at home. Well, there you go. That's Ollie letting the air out of the balloon straight away with the, the prospect of Derry on Friday night. But Gary Rogers, terrific win for Finn Harps, and they're on a terrific run at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. They're flying at the minute. You know, the the beats in packs last week as well. Like uh, Ollie's really getting a tune in. They're probably the form team over the last, you know, five six games. Um, and you know, but Ollie won't let them get carried away with themselves, uh, as he says. There's three points the same for beating anyone else. But um, I think they'll really be. Um, They'll be looking at Dundalk now in the Cup in the next few weeks as well as, as an opportunity to get to the semi-final of the Cup and, and you wouldn't bet against them the, the form they're in at the minute. Stephen, what have you made of what Ollie Horgan has managed to do year on year with Finn Harps? Yeah, he's, it's very impressive. I've, I've Obviously, from my short period of kind of playing in the League of Ireland as well, like he, he's one of these characters that you can't help but listen to when he speaks. He's 
he's a he's kind of heart on his sleeve type type of guy and he's obviously he obviously knows the game i even watch 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 the highlights of the game there against rovers the weekend and some of the football he has his team playing is really good one of the goals was like out of this world and he, he's very very knowledgeable on the game and again what he's done at finn harps over the last few years has been nothing short of like amazing and like i know he says it's only three points for a win against shamrock rovers but the lift his squad will get off that and i know rovers haven't been in great form but still to beat beat that squad shamrock rovers with, with his finn harps uh, squad it'll, it'll be it'll, it'll help them going forward and like you say it could give them a little boost in that cup run because I think if you're looking at the league table if you're the likes of Finn Harp you're probably hoping for for silverware to come that way because you're not realistically going to challenge anywhere near the near the top of the table of the European places. Okay, let's get the view from the Hoops camp. The manager is uh, Stephen Bradley, of course. He had uh, some strong things to say actually about the suspension meted out to Danny Mandrew following events at Daniel Park last week. More on that shortly, but Eric White got his reaction to that defeat on Friday night at Finn Park. Look, I thought it wasn't um a great game in terms of chances we hit the post it could have been to all but in the end they deserve to win um, we give away uh, a really poor second goal uh, the first goal as well wore from them it's a good uh, it's a good goal but the second goal is really poor from our point of view and uh, yeah we didn't do enough to win the game Why do you think that was the case you found chances hard to come by didn't you or were, were they just nullified your threat? No look I think uh, first half we didn't uh, we didn't move it quick enough uh, like I said we hit the post if it goes in it could be a different game but we it doesn't go in um, Dylan hasn't that just drives wide we had, we had a couple uh, chances so um, but like I said overall we, we didn't do enough to win the game if we defend like that for the second goal you don't deserve to win games You're obviously down a few bodies tonight through various reasons um, six subs named did, did that impact on the game do you think from your point of view? No, no, the, our starting 11 is, uh, is really, really stronger. Um, we're missing bodies, we're down seven players, that's, that's fine, that's football, that's the way it goes. And, and the starting team we had was, was more than enough to win the game, um, but we didn't do enough. Uh, look, we've we got we to accept it, uh, we got to understand why we lost the game and go again on Monday, but we also got to understand that this team has lost five domestic games in two and a half years. and, and, and uh, we we, uh, we need to remember that and make sure that we, we get back to basics. No Danny Mandrew tonight. Were you were you surprised by his suspension? Yeah, I thought it was disgraceful. Yeah, I thought um, uh, the way it was done in terms of what didn't come from the referee um, was uh, was really really poor. I mean, and you see the, the report. Yeah, it's uh, it was really poor. Just a first league defeat since since June, but it, it is a run of losing matches through various competitions. But um, it's something you'll be looking to put right pretty quickly. Yeah, but like I said, we're five domestic games in two and a half years. Uh, we need to remember that. Yeah, tonight Horts, we've lost uh, a league game, of course. But uh, look, this team knows how to win. We, we know what we need to do to take it back there, and, and uh, there'll be no there'll be no panic. It'll be, it'll be, uh, We'll understand that we look at it and we'll go through it on Monday and then and then it's back to the drawing board for uh, for the game next week. That's uh, Stephen Bradley speaking to Eric White after that 2-1 loss for Shamrock Rovers on Friday night at Finn Park. Gary, no excuses despite the absentees. He just accepted that his team didn't show up and perform on the night as he would have wished. Yeah, I think, you know, Stephen, you know, he, he knows enough about the game like it wasn't their best performance and in fairness to Finn Harps you know if you're not added up there you you know you're not going to come away with three points and and Shamrock Rovers obviously a disappointing performance from them and Stephen wasn't hiding behind that fact um, and he's right he has to look at his, his record overall like you know to 
you look at what they've achieved over the last few years and how consistent they have been in the league. Obviously, they're coming off the back of the disappointment of going out in Europe and probably felt that you know they probably should have progressed in Europe and that's a huge disappointment for them and for the club. Um, but look, they're still in in a great position to to go and to go and win that league again. You know. Yeah, well, Shamrock Rovers joined at the top of the table now by St. Pat's, who have played two games more, mind you. Pat's 3-2 winners over Longford Town at Richmond Park. The goals coming from Billy King, Chris Forrester and Dara Burns. The, the Billy King goal, quite a strike. Uh, it finished uh, scoreless between Drogheda United and Slugger Rovers. I'll come back to that in just a moment. But Dundalk held to a one-all draw by Waterford at the RSC. Here we go again, Gary. <laughs> I think you know what's coming. That's an, just another very disappointing result and... Dundalk in terms of the league table second from bottom they're in the relegation playoff now they still obviously have a couple of games in hand on Waterford who they drew with on Friday night but I really thought they would kick on in the league after after Vinny's return and the, the performances in Europe but it's still not quite happening No it's certainly not it's it's hugely disappointing and I would, to be fair to Waterford I wasn't really surprised at that result because I watched Waterford a couple of weeks ago against, against Longford and um, you know the They've looked a really good side and they've really turned the corner since the new man came in and, and um, they deserve great credit for that. And uh, But Dundalk, you know, they, they probably just don't have that strength and depth in terms of the squad and they've had three or four guys like Sonny Nadestad and Jarkovskis who are away on international duty and Zahibo as well as injured. So they just don't have um, possibly the options that they would have had in years gone by. And, you know, with Patrick McElhenney out injured as well, it, it's... Um, it's very difficult at the minute for Vinny and you know they, 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 they need to win these couple of games in hand just to get themselves out of that position because that's not a position that I would have envisaged Dundalk being in the start of the season and certainly not a position that the club would want to be in either. But you don't see them being in that position come season's end, do you? Well, I hope not. Um, I, I don't think so. I think they have enough about them. It's just, you know, you wouldn't worry, though, with the with the injuries. And if they pick up a few more injuries to key men, like it could hurt them. But I don't see them I don't see them finishing night. Um, I think they will, you know, put together a couple of wins and, and get themselves up the table a little bit. But having said that, look, it, it's hugely disappointing for, you know, a club that's achieved what it's achieved over the last 10 years and really had been the standard bear for the league in, in Europe and that, um, you know, to see them um, struggling in ninth position at the minute, it's hugely disappointment for, for obviously the players and the supporters at the club. And I think um, you know there certainly needs to be to be changes there to kind of um, you know to get them back back where they want to be. You know. Yeah, Stephen, are you surprised to see Dundalk where they are in the table? Yeah, I am. Like, like you mentioned there, Adrian, when Vinny, Vinny went back in, I thought there might have been a there was a little bit of a mini boost there. Obviously, the European ties as well. But yeah, no, I'm I'm just looking at the league table there. I know. You think they won't be there come the end of the season, but it's it's very competitive league at the moment, and it's it's hard to win win games, especially when it gets later on. And and when you when you find yourself in them positions in any league table, the wins become a lot diffi- more difficult to find. So I think there'll be there'll be a worry in the back of um, Dundalk supporters and Vinnie Perth's mind that the longer kind of this kind of not great run goes on, then they could be sucked into that kind of relegation battle come the end of the season. Now I mentioned the nil all draw between. Drogheda United and Sligo Rovers at Head in the Game Park on Friday night after the game Tim Clancy had some pretty strong words to say about the match officials and officiating in general Gary you were there in broad terms because Tim would have his version of events and you know we don't know the other version of events I know you were there but in, in broad terms the fourth officials dealing with managers from match to match your experience are the lines of communication that bad and, and is he right because he made the point that we need to have more dialogue but they won't simply allow dialogue what's your view on the fourth official and officiating not just in terms of 
the quality of referees, more so just how they interact and deal with managers and players? Yeah, it does vary. It does vary to degrees. Like there's obviously referees, you know, that that are far more kind of engaging with players, and players enjoy a, ref, a referee that will talk to them as opposed to just tell them what to do. Uh, and there is certainly you know, huge improvements there in, in the in the lines of communication between referees and players and officials. Look. It's a problem in our league. You see the amount of cards, and Oli Horgan will probably testify like, how many car- how many times managers and assistant managers are sent off in our league, and and it really doesn't have. I never see uh, managers in the Premier League being being sent off. Very rare. I don't know, Stephen. Do you see many? You watch a lot of football as well, but it, it seems to just happen in our league week in week out, and you know leaving the technical area and you've got somebody on your case to, to get step in by the line and so like petty little things and okay look you can have referee side of things as well but it, it just seems to be a constant battle between the officials and managers and players or whatever it is um, about about minute details and that kind of gets people's back up and then a decision that that goes wrong like you look at you look at the the decision this year um, probably going to highlight the worst decision was the throw in uh, for Derry City uh, in Shamrock Rovers, which led to a goal. Like it was an horrendous decision, a throw-in that was taken 25 yards up the pitch, where from where it should have been, and and a goal comes off the back of it. So, look, there's there there is problems in in, in the kind of refereeing department there. I think, um, and obviously Tim has highlighted it. He's very unhappy. I think Mark Burton highlighted it as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe I think it was with Alan Cawley's podcast as well. So, like, there's a reason it's been talked about every week. You know, and, and unfortunately, it's not it's not a positive one. Um, so th- there certainly needs to be uh, people need to sit down with, with with managers and even the players' union probably need to get involved and the referees to kind of you know discuss this and have some dialogue about it and how to move it on and to improve it because we all want it to be better. Like I'm sure the referees want it to be better, players, managers want it to be better as well. And but in order to do that, there has to be some sort of dialogue, you know, to 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 move it on because look, you certainly want. Um, I suppose respect between between all parties, and, and it, you know, I think there definitely needs to be discussions on how to do that. And, and you know, like I think this thing where you can't. I think Tim Clancy mentions in his interview about um, you're not allowed to use video evidence even if it proves your case. You know, like this this sort of thing is antiquated. Like you really like if you've got video evidence to prove your point is correct, but it's not accepted because you have to go by the the referee's report. Well, that's just wrong. You know, that has to change. What's your view, Stephen, on this? Because I know you, you know Tim Clancy, obviously, but in, in the broad terms, as I asked the question, you know, that dialogue, that communication between match officials and particularly those on the sideline, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I do. I, I always felt during my career that the best referees were the, were the referees that you could speak with. Like, you know, obviously, there's, there's that line where you have a little bit of... St- Listen, there's always moments in games where you're not happy with a decision, but again, I, I, I always felt like the best referees were the referees that were able to kind of you were able to speak or ask them the question why you didn't give that and referees sometimes hold their hand up and say yeah I got that one wrong but like you can't dwell on it but I did find to be honest with you when I did play in the League of Ireland from a brief spell I did find it was a I don't know whether it was an arrogance about some of the referees you tried to speak to them and they felt like that you weren't allowed to ask some of them questions not all of them mind but there was one or two of them that I always remember in my head thinking geez you couldn't you couldn't like you know if you asked them a question or they wouldn't they wouldn't want to listen to anything you said and it's a little bit like it's our it's it's our rules and like basically they didn't they didn't they didn't want to even think about being in the wrong and I think that was that's Tim's point he wants it just to be a little bit more open open sided where you can ask the question and 
And again, like I, I do know Tim and I listen to him. Tim's a very, very kind of, he wears his heart in his sleeve. He's an emotional guy on the line. And, and he'll even say himself, sometimes he needs to probably t- take a hold of his emotions and maybe not get too kind of drawn into the referee. But again, it's, 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 a, it's an important business, football. And if, if you're like kind of, if there's big decisions kind of going against you cons- consistently, then sometimes you, you, you're going to lo- lose the head a little bit and want to ask the questions. But no, I do. I think something has to be looked at. Because like you mentioned there, there's, it's, it's no coincidence that there's a lot of kind of coaches and managers sent to the stands and, and what have you in Ireland. Because you don't see that very often elsewhere, like watching football all around the world. It seems to happen a lot more in Ireland. So there's obviously for a reason that, and that's something that rather than, than dwell on it, can, can, can obviously the governing bodies, the referees, the players, managers... Maybe maybe we need a meeting going forward and, and try and kind of iron it out because something has to change because it can't continue. And again, it's it's not just Tim. You mentioned the uh, Mark down at Waterford and there's been others over the years as well that have complained. So again, it's it's one of them. You just need to get the balance right and, and referees need to be open-minded as, as well as the, as the managers and the coaches. Okay, results from the weekend in the First Division. Cabin Tilly nil, Galway United 1, Cork City 3, Athlone Town 1, Cork going very nicely. Uh, Shelburne 4, Wexford nil. Very good win for top of the table. Shelburne Treaty United 3, Cove Ramblers nil, And UCD were 4 up coasting against Bray Wanderers with 82 minutes gone, 4-0 up. And then Gary Shaw got a hat-trick, but uh, obviously Bray fell short. But Gary Shaw with a hat-trick in the last eight minutes or so. First goal on 82 minutes, uh, the third from the penalty spot. But UCD winners by uh, four goals to three. In terms of matches in the Premier Division this coming weekend, another Northwest Derby, Derry taking on Finn Harps. Drogheda United take on Bohemians. Uh, Bohemians who've been going very well lately, of course, after the European run and also now having progressed in the FEI Cup. Sligo Rovers take on St. Patrick's Athletic on Friday night. That game is live on RT2 television. Waterford, the visitors to Tallis Stadium to take on Shamrock Rovers, who'll be uh, hoping to bounce back after last week's reversal and that recent disappointing run for uh, all concerned with Shamrock Rovers. And then on Saturday night at Bishop's Gate, it's Longford Town against Dundalk. Gary, off the fixtures there, anyone in particular stand out or catch the eye this coming weekend that you're in particularly intrigued by? Yeah, well, I think you know, the, the televised game will be a good game because Sligo Rovers, obviously, you know, their form has dipped of late and they've got a draw away to draw the United at the weekend and, and St. Pat's now, you know, joined top of the table. That will be, you know, an interesting game. I think Shamrock Rovers will also be a good game against Waterford. Waterford have hit good form and Shamrock Rovers are in the opposite. Like, they've had a, a few defeats. So there's going to be um, some interesting ties over the weekend. OK, lads, listen, we leave it there. Many thanks for uh, joining us on the podcast. Before you go... You're not expecting this prediction scoreline. He <laughs> Serbia the visitors to the Aviva Stadium. What's the result, Gary? Scoreline. One all. One all. Okay. And Stephen? I'm going to say 2-1 Serbia. Okay. All right. We shall see. We shall see. Listen, many thanks for joining us on the RT Soccer Podcast. Thanks to former Irish international Stephen Elliott and also to uh, Gary Rogers, ex-Dundalk and various other clubs as well. Thanks to both lads for joining us on the podcast today. Now checking the results in the Women's Cup quarterfinals over the course of the weekend. Galway progressing to the semi-finals, beating DLR Waves by a goal to nil. Wexford Youths 3, Athlone Town 1. Shelburne edged out Cork City by a goal to nil. Saoirse Noonan with the all-important goal. Noonan, whose last game for her hometown club, came in last season's cup final against Piemont United, scored the only goal 11 minutes from time. Uh, Shells also included, by the way, Mayo GA player Sarah Rowe, who uh, has signed a short-term deal after returning from Australia, where she plays AFL for Collingwood. After the game, Sarah Rowe spoke to Jonathan Higgins. 
Yeah, absolutely delighted um, to put on the red jersey again. It's been, I think, seven years now since I last played soccer, so I'm absolutely thrilled to be back here at Talca Park with all the girls. Uh, how did you find uh, getting back in your back in, into the zone? You seem to be tearing up and down both wings actually there as well, just plowing away as if nothing had ever changed. Oh, I think the first few minutes I was definitely like, you know, you hesitate in a few things as well. Like you just out of touch with the game and it does take a few minutes to get, get involved in the game. But I think the girls like directional voice around me has really helped me and I, they've been really welcoming to welcome me back into the squad. So that really helps. But um, yeah, no, I couldn't be happier to be back. How did the move come around? Did it happen pretty quick in the end? Yeah, it happened pretty quickly. It happened within the space of, I've, I suppose I've been thinking about coming back to soccer for the last couple of years and I have really missed it. And it kind of came, came about the last two weeks and then I just made a decision. I was like, yeah, I'll stay up in Dublin for the next couple of weeks and just um, give it all I can while I can. And, um, you know, I suppose who knows what it'll bring. But, um, yeah, I definitely don't, don't want to close the door on soccer forever, you know. So I was delighted to get the opportunity just to come back even for a couple of weeks. You had a, you came almighty close to, I think, the opening goal. I think you had two shots in, in that movement alone. And there was another couple of other shots as well through it. You were, you were trying to, desperate to get that goal almost. Yeah, I, I, was, I was hoping, I suppose. Yeah, you, I took a few shots there now. And you can, that's where you see the rustiness, I suppose. You didn't, I didn't have that kind of clinical finish today. So um, that's the thing that I need to work on. And um, I suppose the more training I get, um, hopefully the more of that that comes. It probably helps as well. You're coming into a winning team as well, a team in, in a wonderful run of form. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, great to be back, as I said, with the girls and, you know, they've really helped me and they've just been so welcoming and um, they've done unbelievable stuff to date with the season. I'm always following them, always watching them and hoping for the best for them. So to be involved with that is, you know, an absolute pleasure. And of course, it was almost fitting on Ireland final weekend that it was your two dual stars that uh, combined for the opening goal and the, indeed the only goal of the game. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's disappointing not to be in the All-Ireland final this weekend. And I think the only way to get over losses like we did in the semi-final is to play something else and um, I suppose have another focus. And for me to have another focus now and focus um, everything on soccer the next couple of weeks um, really helps me, I suppose, forget that the All-Ireland final is this weekend. Well, a massive game coming up next week now again, Piedmont and the kind of almost the top of the table clash huge one the same day as the all-ireland final so um we'll have um but yeah it's it's great i can't wait um i think pmat are an exceptional team and i think it'll take absolutely everything um from us girls to finish the job next weekend but um yeah we'll do we'll give it our best shot anyway make sure to focus i suppose firstly on training this week and i think you just do one set of, step at a time and don't overthink anything and just um one training session at a time you might have the phone to keep a sneaky eye on the game as well, perhaps? Uh, I suppose when I'm here, when you're here, it's like the adrenaline of everything. You just completely focus on what uh, what the job in hand is. And I think that's the nature of being a competitive sports person. You literally are just like, you forget about everything else when you focus and get in that zone. So for me, it'll be all all focused towards PMAT next week. That's Sarah Rowe of Shelburne speaking to Jonathan Higgins after Shells progressed to the semi-finals of the Evoke.ie FAI Women's Senior Cup and also through the holders, Piedmont United. They defeated Treaty United in Limerick by two goals to nil on Sunday afternoon. Tegan Ruddy opened the scoring two minutes into the second half. Lauren O'Callaghan added the second, so Piedmont United also through to the last four. That's it on the Orty Soccer Podcast for this week. Back again next week. Until then, bye from us all. 